Welcome to Australian Hiker, your online hiking resource. We're your hosts, Tim and Jill Savage. This is episode 111 of the Australian Hiker podcast, and in today's episode, we're going to be talking about freeze-dried food on the trail. So talking about hiking food can get people into a lot of trouble. It's not quite in the same category as talking politics over Christmas lunch, <laughs> but, but it sometimes comes close. Everyone has their own personal food preferences, and ours is for freeze-dried food as the mainstay of our hiking staple. In this podcast, we're going to discuss why that is. So the first thing we need to talk about is what is freeze-dried food? So essentially, freeze-drying prolongs prolongs life of um, food products by removing the moisture. Um, And this is done through a quick freezing process and also a strong vacuum process. Um, That's a very, very, very simplistic way um, of talking about it. But essentially what happens is the the water and the moisture in the food is turned into vapour. And I think the other thing with freeze-dried food, you know, you you talk about um, the different types of food, which Jill will go through and explain in a moment. But the the benefits with freeze-drying is that when you reconstitute freeze-dried food, it looks very similar to what it what it did before you actually remove all the moisture from it. Yeah, that's right. So you, you can still recognise peas, and you can still recognise bits of vegetables. Um, it doesn't uh, look like something that uh, had been sitting around in the cupboard for a very long time. You weren't quite sure what what, what it was now. So the other thing about um, taking out the moisture content in food is that it inhibits microorganism growth. Um, so there's there's good stuff and bad stuff in your food. When you take out the moisture, it inhibits that growth. Um, the bad microorganisms are the ones that make your food rot and spoil your food. So the less moisture, um, the longer the life of that particular food. So there are some other types of uh, food, pretty obvious ones. Fresh food, which is just that. It's fresh. And this can be cooked or uncooked. um, And uh, it's what you would normally consume. Uh, The big thing about fresh food is that it actually weighs a lot more because it's still got the moisture in it. But, you know, it comes in the form that you would expect, like vegetables, like fruit, like meat, uh, bread and grains and so on. Uh, but it's definitely heavier and bulkier. And because it's still got that moisture, it can uh, spoil in a much faster way. And I think the other thing with fresh fruit as well is, you know, everybody loves fresh fruit. There's there's no argument in that respect. But I think the thing is, if you think about 
things like bananas. Bananas have probably got a shelf life of about two hours in a hiking pack. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. They just get squished everywhere yeah. if they don't turn black instantly. And, and yeah, and I know you can sort of protect things to a certain extent. Uh, you can buy little um, plastic cartons to hold your eggs. Uh, I have actually seen containers put bananas in, but you know, it's almost like uh, how much packaging of some sort you have to have to protect particular bits of food. Um, so, you know, as much as I do love having fresh fruit on the trail, and this is the thing I really miss is fresh fruit and vegetables, it really is hard to carry it any longer than, than really maybe a day, maybe a day, maybe two days at the tops, depending on the more solid food. So apples, are, as an example, are a bit easier to carry. So now we're going to have a look at dehydrated uh, food, just so that you've got a bit of sense of uh, some of the dif difference. And this is just as it sounds. Uh, the water from the food is removed uh, by drying using a heat source. And that heat source can be something like the sun uh, using radiant energy, or it can be heated air um, that's heated through some sort of electrical uh, device. As an example, home dehydrators dehydrate food by blowing heated air over the food. And sometimes uh, when you're buying commercially uh, dehydrated products, uh, they can have uh, sulfite added to them, which becomes a little bit of a problem uh, for the growing number of people with allergies to sulfites. But it's designed to aid the drying process. And a lot of dried fruits that you uh, get in um, supermarkets and health food stores sometimes have sulfates on them. And a good example of this from, from my perspective is uh, uh, dehydrated pears that you buy in the Australian market. I love dehydrated pears, I really do. But if I sit there and eat half a packet to a packet, which I can so easily do, I end up getting a bit of shortness of breath. Uh, and yet, then you sort of look at what's in the packet, and they have have, have used the sulfates to, uh, uh, to in the drying process. So as as good as they taste, as much as I like them, they do have negative impact on 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 my ability to breathe, basically. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, and I and I really don't have an allergy to them, but but you know the people that do have big allergies can it can impact them in quite a negative way. Yeah, and I think sometimes you know we have this misconception that if you buy something in a health food shop, it must be healthy. <laughs> so, so that's always something to look out for, I think. Now, the big thing about dehydrated food is that vitamins and minerals uh, can be uh, adversely impacted uh, by the dehydrating uh, process. And there are some in particular that will be very negatively impacted. Uh, things like niacin, thiamine, riboflavin, uh, vitamins A and uh, C. Um, so that might not be such a big issue when you're going on a short hike if it's a few days, um, but if you're going on a longer hike and you're you're using your own dehydrated food or even uh, commercially available dehydrated food, you need to be uh, mindful of the vitamin and mineral deficiency in that food. Now, in relation to freeze-dried food, there are a number of benefits. And again, we're, we're, we're talking as uh, two uh, Converts. We're converts. We're converts, yes. Yeah. So um, yeah, we, we do have a bias towards this. Um, but there is, a, there is a bias for from our perspective for a number of reasons. The first thing is it lasts a very long time. Now, 
There are suggestions of up to 25 years. <laughs> I'm not sure we'd test that yeah, out. but <laughs> If it's canned, and I must admit, I don't think, you know, you're not talking about canned freeze-dried food from a hiking perspective, or around about three to seven years if in a sealed pack. And normally the commercially prepared freeze-dried food you buy in the hiking and the outdoor stores tend to talk sort of two years as being a, a reasonable sort of life period. Uh, although I have eaten them past that and they've been quite good. So they're, they're playing it safe here. Now, what this actually means is that um, you can have stuff sitting in the cupboard ready to go. And I've probably got around about 10 or 12 meals sitting, yes. sitting, <laughs> sitting in a cupboard <laughs> that, downstairs. That must be also with those extra packs you've got in the garage too. <laughs> So, um, yeah, it, it means that um, you know, when it comes time to do a our next big hike, which is in September of this year, we've got a good chunk of meals uh, to, ca- to ca- uh, carry towards that. Yeah, that's right. And we've also got a good range um, as well because we've got um, vegetables as well as um, meal packets. And I think the, 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 the bonus of this as far as the durability is you, you get certain times of the year when these freeze-dried commercially prepared meals come on sale and it's not as if you're sort of buying, you know, six dozen uh, eggs that will go off after a, a short period. You know, th- this is something that will last you a few years. So as long as you're buying stuff that you're going to be using over the next couple of years, buying it when it's on a really good price is a big bonus. It's like the frozen peas in the freezer, isn't it? I don't know anyone who's ever bought frozen peas but there's always frozen peas in the freezer, including in our freezer. (laughs) I don't think we've ever used them, but hey, they're there. Uh, Now, freeze-dried meals contain uh, over 95% of the original nutrients through the the freeze-drying process of fresh food, Uh, and dehydrated food has around about 60% of the original nutrients. So again, as Jill mentioned, if you're just doing one or two days, it's not really an issue. Uh, but you know, if you're doing a two, three, four, five-week hike, which we'll talk about in a moment, um, it can have a big impact. It's super lightweight. Uh, freeze-drying uh, a meal will reduce its weight um, uh, uh, by about 70 to 90% uh, of the, the fresh fruit. Um, it's, there's generally a lot of variety these days. Uh, so with the the brands that are now available on the market, we've gone through and tested uh, a roughly about 42 different meal options uh, over the last three years. Uh, and there was two that we couldn't locate um, that were uh, even even getting them from New Zealand, which is where some of them are manufactured. I couldn't find them. Um, but so, then there were some that we did find from New Zealand and we know why they're only available in New Zealand. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So it's not all good news. <laughs> um, there's um, lots of variety of taste. So given the numbers that are available, you know, there's generally something to keep everybody happy. Um, and surprisingly enough, um, there's enough vegetarian meals. And I'm, I'm not a vegetarian, but I do like a number of the vegetarian meals. They just taste nice. Um, surprisingly enough, Tim. <laughs> it is. So they're easy to prepare. Um, you just need to add hot or, in some instances, cold water uh, for roughly the 5 to 10, 12 minutes, um, whereas normally dehydrated food, if you're cooking it, uh, you're normally looking at a much longer cooking process. Uh, and the big benefit is they're pre-packaged and ready to go. You can just pick one up so I can go downstairs to my well and truly stocked 
bottom bottom drawer in the kitchen uh, and just pick out a, a batch of meals that I feel like taking with me. Now, there are some disadvantages of, of freeze-dried food, so we will be um, uh, upfront and honest about this. And uh, the first one that people talk about is the cost. Um, the freeze-drying is an expensive process, more expensive than other processes, and this is reflected in the package price um, of the meals. Um, so you can get single serves and you can get double serves, but either way, they come out at a reasonably expensive meal. Yeah, so the single freeze-dried meals are around about $11 plus, uh, and the double meals are around about $17. Uh, and certainly you can buy them at cheaper prices than that, but that's just a, a rough guide to the pricing that's available. Yeah. Now, I need to say here that while this is a disadvantage, Really what you've got to think of, and this is one of the reasons that we do like freeze-dried meals, it's the cost of the meals as opposed to, from an economic point of view, what's classed as an, uh, as an opportunity cost. For me, one of the most um, uh, precious items or commodities, if you like, is time. Um, I don't have enough hours in the day or enough hours in the week to get everything done that I want to do. Uh, and as much as I like cooking, uh, I don't really feel like cooking a number of meals uh, or dehydrating a number of meals at home to take on a hike. I will do that with dried fruit in particular uh, because that's fairly easy and fairly uh, fairly easy to deal with. Um, but um, there, it's, it's the sort of thing that... Um, you know, yes, it is a cost, and yes, you can cook your own meals and dehydrate, dehydrate your own meals cheaper. But if you look at, um, okay, you could be at work uh, earning whatever your hourly rate is at work, and what does that actually cost? And this is something that people don't tend to consider when preparing these meals. Because I think not everybody's an economic rationalist, Tim, <laughs> but no, thanks no. for that. I, I know, and I, and I think you know, for a lot of people it is a hobby and they they enjoy doing it and that's fine. But to say that freeze-dried meals are uh, significantly more expensive than doing dehydrated, yes, they are. Uh, but but I you, think it depends on what you're counting, what you're measuring and, and uh, what what's included in the cost of, um, you know, if it's the cost of handing over your money in a store in the two minutes it takes you to do that versus the cost of, um, you know, preparing everything in your own kitchen and using your own energy and so on. And I think that's the point you're making, that there is a cost there somewhere. We're just not uh, comparing um, apples with apples. So another disadvantage of freeze-dried food is that it can sometimes be a bit bland um, because the meals are really prepared for the average palate, whatever that might be, um, uh, it's got nothing to do with the process, but it means that, uh, you know, if you're trying to suit everybody, there's a tendency for it to be a little bit bland. The good thing is you can also add your own spice uh, if you want to spice them up a bit. But um, there are a few in the range that we've tried that we just think, oh, you know, they just need a little bit of extra something. And in talking to the uh, the manufacturers of some of this freeze dried food, they basically saying that you know it's easy to add spice. You can't really take it out once it's included. So you know it's uh, I do like spicy food. My my idea of a good curry is something that makes makes my head sweat. And that's a very unpleasant thing to watch, Tim. 
um, but um, you know, for a lot of people, though, um, you give them spicy food and they just don't like it at all, and that's fine. That's, that's people's personal tastes. So providing a, a, a blander option that you can spice up at least covers the bulk of the market. So the last um, uh, negative that we'll talk about is um, e- even if you select the favourites um, out of the range of uh, meals that are available, and I guess this applies to, to any type of food, uh, but if you're on a long hike, um, your meals can become a bit monotonous and uh, a bit boring. So um, I guess that applies to anything that you're eating frequently, um, but you know, I guess it's perhaps more so when you're opening the same package and adding the same amount of water each time. Having said that, though, on my, my Bibbleman track hike last year, 32 freeze-dried meals over the, the duration of the uh, the trip, uh, and nine of those were spaghetti bolognese. Um, I am quite happy with eating spaghetti bolognese every third day uh, and don't have an issue with that. However, after the trip, let's just, just remember that you couldn't face spaghetti bolognese in any form. But anyway, we won't go there. Okay, so... We talked a bit about um, the option of dehydrating your own at home. Uh, And if you're really into that, um, then absolutely go for it. There's nothing wrong with it. The upsides are that you can tailor the meals to your tastes and preferences. The downsides are the preparation and drying time, which we've already discussed. As I mentioned, we have a good quality dehydrator at home. Uh, And normally if I'm dehydrating things like banana or pears or apples, I'll get up uh, early in the morning, um, you know, sort of 7 o'clock, and I'll turn the dehydrator off probably around about 10 o'clock that night. Um, so it's, you know, it is running for, you know, sort of 15 hours, uh, and sometimes I'll, I'll do it just about lunchtime and run it through to the next morning. Uh, and these are, these are things that you do have to take into consideration. It is you are using electricity there somewhere. As you'll mention, there is nutrient and calorie loss, um, and it may not be an issue for you on the shorter hikes, but on the longer hikes, uh, certainly it can impact. Now, as um, as you're aware, I did hike the Biblon Track in 2018, uh, and I actually went to uh, my nutritionist and said, here is a list of everything that I will be uh, carrying and resupplying with and eating over the duration of this five-week trip. Tell me where the issues are. Now, apart from the fact there was an obvious lack of calories, and that was that I was very much aware of, um, she did say there was a bit of lack of micro, micronutrients and recommended that I did actually take a vitamin supplement. Um, so um, this is something that, you know, once she'd looked into what I was carrying and broke all the, the components down, she said, look, yeah, you do need to take a vitamin supplement. And that would have been more so if you'd had dehydrated food as opposed to the freeze-dried meals. But, yeah, as you said, for for a couple of uh, night trip or a week-long trip, not really an issue. But if you're doing long trips, it can be something something to consider. Yeah. Uh, Tim Tim knows that uh, when he's away and my favourite at home with the movies night alone, um, I'll have Red Rock Deli chips, um, I think it's black pepper and lime, um, and champagne. So, you know, I don't do that every day, but (laughs) 
that does me for the odd night. So, yeah, if it is every now and then, it probably isn't such an issue. But if it's for prolonged periods, you really need to be thinking about that uh, vitamin and nutrient loss. So the other option, as we mentioned, is carrying fresh food. And as we said, you can actually carry fresh food on a hike, and particularly shorter hikes. So if we're just going on a single hike, a single overnight hike, or you know, two days, one night, we'll carry all sorts of stuff we normally wouldn't carry. So we'll carry camembert cheese, we'll carry pate, we'll carry um, um, uh, you know, nuts, uh, you know, a range of nuts. Uh, we'll carry chocolates and lollies and all that sort of stuff. And the occasional squash yeah, banana. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. We don't tend to go too heavy on the fruit side of things because. It doesn't matter how careful you are with this stuff. You always end up with it mashed somewhere in the pack. Uh, but you get away with it for sort of at least half a day, maybe a day's sort of trip. Um, but what it does mean, if we are going through towns, um, you know, I'll tend to eat fresh fruit and fresh vegetables because that's something I really do miss. Cooking on the trail is another op- option that you can use. Uh, and some people love cooking on the trail. Uh, I do love cooking at home. Um, I make a mess, which is why the person that uh, uh, that makes the meal doesn't get to clean up, so that's fine by me. Yeah. <laughs> that means that there's a bit of a race into the kitchen to work out who's going to do dinner. <laughs> um, and even at home, on the whole, we tend to make very basic meals unless we're having people over for dinner and then we go all out. We're making really fancy sort of meals. So... The last thing I want to do, if, I've, if I'm doing a, a short hike where it's only you know, five or six kilometres, um, you know, we've got plenty of time to sit there and relax, um, it's not a problem cooking on the trail for us. But for me, in most cases, we're, we're typically walking by sort of 7, 7.30, 8 in the morning. We'll often walk through till around about 4 o'clock in the evening, depending on the time of the year. Sometimes much later. Um, yeah, we just allow ourselves enough time in most cases to set up our gear in the light and cook dinner before it gets dark. Uh, and the last thing I want to do is sit there cutting up uh, bits of food and actually c- physically cooking on the trail. Now, a lot of people do like cooking when they go hiking or camping, and there is absolutely nothing wrong with that. It's a personal preference. Yeah, yeah. And, and it is, and it's not so much that there's nothing wrong with that. It's, it's a fine thing to do um, if you're into doing that. We'll go through and put some links in the show notes to this, uh, this podcast uh, onto gear reviews uh, uh, of all the freeze-dried meals that we've actually tried. And as I said, I think it's, uh, as far as meals are concerned, I think it's sitting at about 42 reviews. Um, And as Jill mentioned, there are a number of, I definitely do have favourites. There are probably um, six or seven that I would eat over and over again. So on a a five-week-long hike, I'm not going to carry 35 different types of meals or or resupply with 35 different types of meals. I'm going to, as I said, I'll, I love the spaghetti bolognese. Um, uh, there's a few different vegetarian options. And in fact, out of my top 10, there's probably more vegetarian options than I originally thought there would be. Um, so it, it's, it's really the sort of thing that uh, these reviews are what we like. Uh, and they will give you an indication uh, what's available. Um, but everybody has 
personal tastes about what they do and don't like. Um, so use our reviews as a guide. Uh, certainly if you like spicy food, um, my, one of the comments I tend to have through a lot of our reviews is a bit bland, but both Jill and I do like spicy food. Yeah, not I don't like spicy food as much as Tim, so my forehead doesn't sweat when we're having a curry because I don't have curry that that's, is that hot. Um, but, yeah, so I'm a, a little bit less spicy than Tim. Uh, so in that sense, that's the measure, I think, of what we're saying when it's bland. It's not as spicy as we would like. So, yeah, it's it's the sort of thing that um, really it's a matter of th- about thinking about your taste. Don't buy something because it's on special just because it's cheap. If you you think, well, oh, yeah, it's cheap, but I normally wouldn't buy it, it's not worth buying. You know, buy something that you really like that's on special and you know you're going to eat. The other comment I'd make here is there are uh, three main brands of freeze-dried uh, meals on the Australian market at the moment. And as I said, well, they're all con- all contained within our reviews. Um, some of them offer single-serve options. Some of them also uh, uh, offer double-serve options. And they're all slightly different sizings. So one of the things you'll often see hikers when they do uh, reviews of trips they've done you know, they're saying by the end of a two or three or four week trip, they're eating a double serve meal uh, all by themselves. Uh, and sometimes, you know, they're eating two double serve meals. They're, you know, they're, they're that hungry. Um, for me, I did try that on the Bibbleman track. Uh, and even over a five week period, I just couldn't stomach eating an entire double serve meal. Oh, God, no. Um, all by myself. <laughs> I'm struggle to get through one half of the double serve, um, or sometimes even um, you know a good portion of a single serve. So it really here is a matter of: Are you hiking as a a couple? Are you having your own food separately that you're managing yourself? Are you basically cooking a meal that you're sharing? And you know, when Jill and I go ha- go uh, hiking overnight, typically we'll often do the double serve meals, and we'll um, you know have a spoon each, and we'll just share it. We'll have a few mouthfuls and hand it over, uh, and then pass it backwards and forwards. Um, but you know, you might be a couple that have very different food tastes, and you'll have your own single serves. And it really is, as I said, going to depend on what your tastes are like. Yeah, and my my preference over a longer period of time is to. Um, add more of the freeze-dried ve- vegetables um, to either to the meals or to have them separate. I just get desperate for some good veggies without any, um, you know, heavy sauce or meat or whatever it might be. Ultimately, what it comes down to is, um, as I said, is taste. You know, if you don't like the meals, you're not going to eat them. Um have a look at uh, what the nutritional aspects of the meals are. And if you're buying a commercial product, yes, it is expensive, but they've been prepared in commercial kitchens. They tend to be nutritionally balanced as far as it's possible to do over an extended period. Um, So this is something that you tend not to think about uh, unless you're a nutritionist or only doing a one or two day hike. You'll make meals at home that, yeah, while they might contain meat and veg uh, in them, they may not necessarily be nutritionally balanced meals. I think that's an interesting point, actually, because I think a lot of us would think whatever it is 
you know, that we're eating, if we're eating meat and veggies and um, a range of grains and whatever else we might be eating, dairy and so on, we've got a good balanced meal. But I, I, I reckon we'd all be a bit surprised if we invited a nutritionist into our home at dinner time and, and asked them to make an assessment of what we were eating, particularly me and my um, Red Rock Deli chips and my glass of champagne on that occasional evening. If you are into dehydrating your meals at home, uh, go for it. You know, there really is nothing wrong with it. The one final comment I would say here against dehydrated meals, uh, and I'll uh, put some uh, uh, a photo of this in the written version of this podcast. Um, I go through and pre-prepare some breakfasts, and I had one left over, which I've had for probably sitting in the cupboard in a Ziploc bag. Um, the bag is now getting ready to pop almost because there's been moisture that's gotten into the bag. The fruit has actually expanded and the 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 dried material has actually absorbed moisture. Uh, and you think, yeah, the, the, yeah this is uh, – how safe is this to eat now? You know, it's been absorbing moisture. Has it been absorbing bacteria as well? So yeah. even though I've made that and had it sitting there, I'm not likely to use it. Yeah, and I think, you know, sometimes we, we – um, comfort ourselves by saying if we don't see anything um, on the fruit um, or in the meal that indicates that, you know, it might be a bit off or it might be a bit mouldy, then it must be okay. Um, but I can assure you from my university days and, and study of mycology, uh, that's not the case. Uh, cheese cheese is going off before you even notice any you know, fluff or green stuff on the outside. Okay, so we hope this has been of interest to you. And as I said, we'll uh, uh, provide links in the show notes and we'll have a written version of this podcast, which will link to the, all the written reviews of the freeze-dried meals that are available. Now, I was hoping to have a... Uh, an additional bonus episode uh, to be released next week. Uh, and this was likely to be released now in a few weeks' time. Uh, this is a trip we've been planning for a while, uh, but it's a trip that uh, is out of our control. Um, I won't go into more detail and explain why it's a mystery. It is. It's, it's a, a mystery. It, it's trip. a mystery trip. Yeah. So it's a trip that'll be well worth listening to once we do publish it. Um, but we're just waiting for confirmation of when it's going to actually occur. Uh, and it, while we may actually be doing it over the next week, um, I'm not relying on that. So our next regularly published podcast episode in two weeks' time, uh, which is episode 112 will be, when is it time to quit a hike? Um, and this is something that uh, people often think about but don't often discuss. Uh, and we'll try and get some input uh, before that to see what people's opinions and views are. So we hope you've enjoyed this episode. As always, you can listen to uh, this and other episodes through our website at www.australianhiker.com.au through SoundCloud, through Stitcher Radio, through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many other podcatchers. Now, if you have the opportunity, please go through and rate us on Apple Podcasts to help get the message out there. That's all for me. Bye for now. And bye from me.
Um, they're easy to prepare, and in most cases, all you have to do is just add cold are you, water. Are you going to prepare um, them or repair them? Repair them, yeah. Okay. <laughs> 